0: It's time for another episode of Healthcare Technology. It's Tech Talk.
1: Well, it's Friday. It's time for another episode of Tech Talk. I'm Brad Cost, along with my co host, Dr. Jay Greenstein, the data doc of talk.
2: Jay, how are you doing? I'm doing great, brother. It is great to be here. It's another Friday. I'm very excited about that. We had a great week. And so, you know, I get to just like hang out and enjoy the weekend.
1: It is. It's sort of like Friday afternoon bar time, isn't it? We, we, we get to it sit. Is. We get to sit. I, I've chat. got my wine. You do, right. I've got my wine. <laughs> I I I do too, and uh, (laughs) I see. I see our our, (laughs)
2: listeners. The truth.
1: (laughs) I'm of water. I have another engagement after this, so I I, uh, can't do my normal. But typically, you know, I'm I'm right there with you, and I see that our guest is uh, is uh, uh, joining in with that also. Yes, she is.
2: Cat's drinking, having having a
1: beverage. You know, we had a great guest last week that was just amazing. I I, uh, I hope everybody enjoyed that podcast. And we're going to bring it back closer to us this week with one of your office staff and talking about some really important things, though, and how COVID is affecting offices uh, and businesses across. So, uh, so Jay, why don't you
2: why don't you bring in Cat today? It is my it is my pleasure. So today's guest is Catherine Lovejoy, who we call Cat. Because that's what we call her, uh, and Cat and I have been working together now for twelve years, a dozen years, and she's got a great little story to tell about her interview, which I'm sure she'd be happy to share with us. But Cat um, is amazing, and what I I, I love many things about Cat, but what I really love about her is her passion for just creating a remarkable environment for our team and for our patients. She is truly. Well, she embodies all of our core values, tenacity and brilliance, but she is truly someone who is, is human centered. Like it's all about the people with Kat. Um, and it's just awesome to have her here and to hear her story and to share her knowledge and wisdom. So, Kat,
0: what's up? Oh, wisdom. All right. Hey, how's everybody doing? <laughs> hey, good, you
2: know, good. Yeah, Kat, how, does it, yeah. how does it feel to be drinking on the clock? That's pretty cool. <laughs> like your boss is kind of cool. I mean, it's He's definitely
0: like- the first time I've ever done it.
2: Yeah, oh, sure. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I've been with you at other times that so we've been <laughs> the, on the clock.
1: The so. hazards of remote working, can you not?
0: hazards <laughs> or benefits, you decide your That's story exactly to tell. Right. You know, before That's you exactly jumped right. on,
1: I was talking to Kat a little bit, and Kat is a little nervous, Jay. I, mean, I can I'm, I cannot I imagine why you I'm and I, right. why we will treat with the utmost respect. We will not tease you in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Yes, Kat. we
2: will. Yes, we will. You're lying <laughs> again to the audience. I can handle it. We <laughs> will fine. totally tease her.
1: That's absolutely right.
2: But so in all seriousness, Kat, let just just really quickly tell the audience about your your first interview and your first day and like how that went. Because I think it's a okay. it's a pretty pretty interesting story.
0: It's a you know a well-known tale that's told many times and has yes. evolved over the years. Um my interview with you was with you. It was actually scheduled to be with someone else and they didn't come for some reason. So it ended up being a group interview with Dr. Jay Greenstein, the CEO and founder of this company that I was looking to to start working at at the front desk. Um, and it was a group of maybe five or six people and man, you grilled us. I have never been, <laughs> I remember one question you asked was, you know, what's one of your strengths? And I gave one of those canned, oh, I'm very detail-oriented, which I am.
2: Yes, you are. But
0: uh, you shot right back and said, if I had a dime for every time someone told me they were detail-oriented, I'd be a very rich man. Can you give me an example? <laughs> um, and I was just shocked. I think I gave you an example. And needless to say, I got a job after that. So I guess it went well. Yeah. Um, but my first day, the, the, the story that lives in infamy is that, I received, you know, depending on when you've heard this story, varying degrees of training on the first day. (laughs) Um, Again, the person who was supposed to train me, I think, ended up having a baby before they were supposed to. And then uh, we brought in another person who was definitely not suited, really, um, to train. And he came in and just sat down for maybe, in reality, it was probably a couple hours. But the funny thing is it becomes minutes and seconds as we tell the story (laughs) more and more. And then it was just sort of like, all right good luck. Have fun with it. Figure it out. Um, and you did. And I did. Yeah. And
2: and you, and you wore so many over the years, you've worn so many hats. You've, you've been a clinical chiropractic assistant. We didn't call them that then, but you also patient yeah. experience rep working the front desk and you just soaked up the knowledge like a sponge. I mean, you really learned and it became very evident very quickly that you were a highly capable individual. And through the years, you've like literally grown in your role and your responsibility. Um, just, you know, share with the audience kind of what that journey was like. And and there were definitely some tough time, a lot of tough times, oh, a lot yeah. of tough times along the way. What was it that got you through?
0: Um. Well, a little bit about the journey. I started out working at the front desk in one location and then um, that was a lot of commuting and there were some other challenges and I ended up, transferring to another office, which, um, and then kind of moving up into being more of a a leadership in in the front desk role for other front desk. We were calling them patient service representative at the time. Then we called them patient experience representative, but um, kind of, but what was always great was I was able to come to the table with ideas, even from day one. I remember the first week I worked with you you called me up and asked me what it was like working here compared to other places I had worked and what ideas I had and what my thoughts were and that just blew my mind because I came from a corporate hospital setting um, where I don't even know who the CEO was and he definitely didn't know who I was Um, so through that and through open communication and really always really like something that I value a lot is just self-awareness and a desire to grow and evolve and become you know, a better version of yourself. And that can be very, like you said, challenging at times and not the best feeling all the time. But I think through, you know, perseverance and resilience and adaptability, that's really how you grow in any organization. You know, the role that I'm in now and the role I was in previous to this didn't exist before I was in them. So, you know, it's all about taking those right people that you work with and then finding their strengths and putting them in those, as you say, in those seats or in those roles to really excel. So um, I always tell people, even if you're in any type of organization or your team is in an organization where there isn't a laid out growth structure for everybody, that does not mean that people don't have the opportunity to grow. It is what you make it, you know? 100%. So.
2: That's great advice. And you are now the uh, director of integrated operations you basically yeah. run the show um, i mean well, director I, of
0: integrated operations is dio which in spanish would be dio which means god so <laughs> i mean <laughs> oh, only only one of only <laughs> one of your, your employees
1: only one of your employees would would make that reference
2: yeah, 100% <laughs> it's awesome i love it and it was so funny brad is like it's it's so important that Cat does what she does because if I get involved in operations, you screw it it's up. It's a fucking shit show. Yeah, you yeah. screw it up. Like, it's just I, a I goddamn know. disaster. So it's like it's great. I mean, Kat's yeah. amazing.
1: I'm sure my employees feel the exact same. My team members feel <laughs> the exact same way. You know, I always make fun that I have that janitor's badge that I wear around into interviews. things. <laughs> <laughs> just who are you the, uh, the janitor? I don't know. They just asked me to step in the room and talk to you but yeah. but you know i love your mentality because that's really what i look for in an employee is is somebody that's going to everybody thinks they can be a supervisor everybody thinks they can run the show and everybody thinks they can do everything they're the first ones at the door at, at 4 4:59 4 you know and they're the first yep. you know they're the last ones there they're the ones that take 20 minutes of their work hour to fix their oatmeal and you know, Cat, I just have great respect for anybody that can adapt to a role, take on the responsibility. Those are gems to find in there. Everybody thinks, oh, that's easy. It's not. Those kind of people are very hard. And, and loyalty and trust is something that takes years to build. And honestly, yeah. guys like Jay and I have to have people like you. We can't put our finger. We have way too many pies to put our fingers into to that's a great analogy. Pies and f- fingers and pies, huh? But
2: reminds me of <laughs> reminds me of um what was that? American movie? pie. Thank you, American Pie. It reminds <laughs> me of American Pie. We're gonna go down the Cindy Road next.
1: <laughs> oh god. But maybe that's the maybe that's the Oklahoma redneck in your eyes, Jay. I don't know. But <laughs> but uh you know, Kat, I, I think that's amazing. Now I've only I think I've only met you one time, maybe in person, but we've talked on Twice, the phone. We've yeah. been involved in conversations on the phone. You work with my team quite a bit, and uh, and so again, kudos to you. Kudos for Jay for finding you, and you probably you'll probably be the next CEO. Uh, you know, have you ever thought about that? You'll be the next CEO.
0: Um. You know, we've had a few a few funny conversations. Like, what would happen if this horrible scenario were to occur? Would I suddenly run the company? And he's like, Yeah, yes, you would.
1: <laughs> so. Yes, clearly. You know, we have written plans at my place for that because it's multiple companies and uh, yeah, y- it's a business. Somebody's got to take over and make sure. And you know, I've been working on that for years to make sure that there is a line, both in my business partners, in my employees, and my important. team. Yeah, if I don't show up, somebody's got to be there and keep it rolling. And, and we're to that point, I believe now. I believe we're, uh, you know, I don't have to show up. Now, they might freak for just a little bit. We're spread. We're <laughs> spread. But they know they know how to keep the show going. And, and I think that's, yeah. for me, that's a sign of success is I've created this machine that runs even when I'm not there. And some people, yeah. some business owners are afraid to do that. I, I think that's a great sign that you've done things right.
2: Agreed, when you look the agreed when you look at the leadership experts like Jim Collins and he talks about it as it relates to the different levels of leadership. I mean that is a level five leader, right, where the business is is sustainable way beyond your existence, and ultimately I think that's the goal where you can you can create opportunity and um, a pathway forward for the people that are working with you. And so yeah, I think that's great that you're there, Brad. You know, as we're sitting here having this conversation and Kat and I have talked about like what happens if somebody gets hit by a bus scenario. Oh. Usually it was her, because I'm like, I'm totally <laughs> fucked if she gets hit by a bus. Like, I don't know <laughs> what's like, let, let's put it this way like if she gets hit by a bus, we're way worse off than if I get hit by bus. If get hit by a bus, <laughs> no, absolutely we're good because Kat can handle it, right? But oh. but but the document is a really good idea and I think I need to do that. So Kat, make sure that I do that when you are back from vacation.
0: <laughs> right? Okay, I'll add it and, to the list. And, And Kat,
1: from our our show episode last week, I'm going to be asking you a question in the next segment about documentation that Jay uh, obligated himself to jump into and learn. And Mm. he said, you know, Kat's the one that understands and knows that. So we're going to test you and then we're going to see if he really did (laughs) jump in and, and part of it. Guys, we're running just a second long on this, so we're gonna we're gonna take a break. Jay, I'm jumping back to the seven. I'm jumping back to the seventies in music. Cool, uh, a little snake Mr. the
2: music.
1: This episode is sponsored by Infinity. In the modern age of electronic data interchange, Infinity is committed to helping clinicians get paid fast so that they can spend less time tracking claims and more time with their patients. As a pro-advocate for the healthcare industry, we create tools that make sense for electronic claims processing and business analytics. You couple that with superior support team, we strive to ensure your business is performing at its best. Infinity, committed to the future of claim processing. Today's show is sponsored by Kaizenovate. What does your custom dream app look like? Elevate your practice with Kaizenovate. Come, <laughs> number one data Come on. And the Data Doc of Talk is Tech Talk. Man, man, Welcome back. It's Tech Talk. I'm Brad Cost, my co-host Dr. Jay Greenstein, a little rubber band man. I sat down and started going down Memory Lane of uh, I don't know what started it out. I actually think it was a uh, a show on the carpenters and you know that really? was, yeah i wasn't a big carpenter fan but but that started me thinking about 70s music and what was really amazing music in the 70s great and music. I, I hope i've heard from some of our guests they love the music that we're throwing in here uh because it it reached backs to our childhood and our memories and uh touches base and you know sometimes sometimes it's just great to hear a little music and and start Cat, no. I I, uh, I learned something unique about you. I am mm-hmm. actually you and I actually live closer together than you and Jay. And yeah. most people would think, no way. How does how does that work? But yeah. you're truly located in a in a in a different city, many many states away from where Jay is at that did that start out that way? And if so, you know, tell us how that eventually merged to you living in Colorado and, and he, where he's at in DC area.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm originally from the East coast, grew up in New York, but I went to school in Colorado. That's where I got my, my undergrad degree. Um, and then after graduating and, you know, a few years of working out here, Um, My boyfriend at the time got a job back in D.C., so I ended up working back there for um, a few years, and that's when I I started working for Kaizo Health um, and worked for Jay there for about, I want to say, five years. And then my husband got transferred to somewhere that was not too far away, maybe an hour and a half, two hours away. Um, so that I became the first remote employee and that was way back in 2011, I think, or 2012, 2013, Mm -hmm. somewhere in that ballpark. Um, and so I became the first remote employee way back then before it was cool to be remote and be on zoom and be on all these things. I was already doing it back then. I set the trend. Uh,
2: OG baby, the OG,
0: uh, OG, that's right. (laughs) And then, uh, and then after that, he, uh, my husband again, got another job back out here in Colorado. And when I (laughs) called up Jay and I said, Hey, so, uh, I think we're going to move back to Colorado. Is that cool? He was like, yeah, it's fine. No different. Like it's just a plane ride instead of a drive. Right. So, uh, came out here, been out here now for six or seven years. Um, director of operations, integrated operations for a company that's 3,000 miles away, but I fly back frequently and well, not not in the last year, but normally I would fly back pretty frequently um, and hang out. But yeah, I figured out ways to create, or we figured out ways to create infrastructure and create adaptive, um, I hate, Jay hates the word workarounds, but you know, um, new concepts, new ways of looking at things so that they can be done remotely and from far away. So that, that was huge for us.
1: So do you, uh, so with the, you know, invent and the uh, movement of zoom uh, Mm. as a tool, is that what you're using to communicate with your team?
0: Yeah, I use a lot of Zoom. Um, technology is huge, and especially for communication with your team, like you said. Um, we also use Teams uh, right now, which, or any type of, you know, uh, texting or messaging application that you can do that's HIPAA compliant and works with your team um, is is going to be great for your remote employees. Uh, but yeah, we do a lot of Zoom, a lot of check-ins on there, um, and, you know, email and, and some other things like that. But I, I before Zoom, there were some other ones. I, they weren't as good, but yeah.
2: I think it's really important for um for the for the audience to know a bit more about your team mm-hmm. and how and how you develop them and how things changed during COVID, um and and kind of like our mojo and and how we came out of it. I think it's really important for you to share that that story.
0: Yeah. So it was interesting. We were already discussing some options for restructuring before COVID happened of how we could create more revenue producing, you know, staff in the clinics. We were, I I looked up some like crazy stats on turnover. Um, and that, that front desk role was always really challenging for us. We were losing 16 administrative staff a year. So that was for the years leading up to COVID. So with a few clinics, it was about one per, per month. And, um, it's a
2: nightmare. nightmare.
0: It's insane. Nightmare. To, to recruit, hire, and train and then lose people that often, it was a complete nightmare. So we were already kind of in, in talks of how can we um, restructure that and pull some of the more difficult administrative tasks out of, <laughs> out of the clinics and make everybody in the clinic revenue producing. Um, and so it's odd, like COVID obviously was a negative thing, but it was also oddly a positive thing because it gave us the ability to take that risk and just leap into it. I already had um, another staff member who, a team member who was also remote at that point, who was another, somebody who came up from the front desk, followed the exact same path as me, oddly enough, through the clinic, started in the same clinic I did, went to the same clinic I did, um, was to cross-trained as a, as a CA and the front desk. And she ended up needing to move uh, a little bit farther away, and we developed her into what were her strengths. She was strongest at insurance and billings and revenue and collections and lots of math and statistics and reporting. Um, so I kind of structured her role around that since that those were her strengths. Um, and then we had another person who needed to move who we also loved, who we had put in an operations role, but she had really strong Um, abilities with car accidents and understanding kind of all the billings and working with attorneys and customer service. So moved her into that role. So it was all about aligning the tasks and the job responsibilities for each of the people with their strengths, and then pulling out those more difficult tasks out of the clinics. Um, And because we, we had that ability, we eliminated the need to have front desk staff, which I think is like a wild concept for people to think about. Um, and the CAs handle kind of the the need to do front in front of the patient kind of work. And the rest is handled by my team. And we sort of act as concierges to the clinics, I almost want to say. And we have a couple other staff that, that had been working at offices. And then when COVID started, we just made them go remote because... Safety wasn't, they weren't needed to be there. They were working kind of in the back rooms um, and it's worked really well. We haven't turned over a single member of that team in years. Knock wood. Better knock on some wood. I know, knock on wood, no but not oh my a single member of the team in years. So to go from 16 administrative staff a year to zero is, that's a huge difference. Um, we've had tremendous success in other areas, including our revenue collection um, our, this is crazy. You have no front desk staff, and we've increased our front desk collection by 25 to 40 percent over previous years where we had front desk staff.
1: It's amazing. That's pretty amazing. That is pretty amazing. You you come sounding really knowledgeable. What what is your education background? What what was your degree in?
0: Oh well, that's very flattering. Thank you. Um, <laughs> my degree is in kinesiology, actually. So I studied. So no
2: business then.
0: No business. I learned that all at the school of Jay Greenstein. That's where <laughs> I learned business.
2: <laughs> Man, and others. Man, and others. Jay, and you others. Know that, and Some yeah. others that helped you along the way. Yes. You just keep, Bart, Bart was also helpful. You just keep yes. elevating in my respect
1: for you, Jay. I mean, she's uh, she's a talented lady here. And... And, you know, to refer to you as the educational process, man. Well,
2: she just wants a raise, that's all. She just we, wants another raise. You know that's what, cat? we'll
1: get you one before the show's over, okay? No, I, I just he, gave her I'll a just, raise. I'll <laughs> just get,
2: get him to commit
1: to it on air. Come
2: on, much. people.
1: So, kinesiology. So, uh, th- that is amazing. I would not have expected you to say something like <laughs> that. So, you really understand a lot of the things that are going on in the practice themselves, too. With that education. I mean, background. I'd
0: like to think that probably gives me a little bit of an edge um, in terms of understanding. I taught human anatomy in school. I mean, I was an undergrad TA, but they basically just made us teach people in the lab. So um I've always had my mom is a was a pediatric nurse practitioner, my dad was a social worker, and my sister works as the director, like I don't know if that's her exact title, but she's essentially the director of billing for a hospital system. So my family grew up, I grew up in the medical industry, I guess. Um, and I was an athlete, so kinesiology was very natural for me to go into and I loved it, but, um, coming out, I wasn't totally sure if I wanted to stay with, you know, physical therapy or something like that. So I wanted to gain some experience and working in these different offices and just kind of found my, my path that way.
2: I think I think it's it's incredible that she's got like that kinesiology background and she's evolved so much as it relates to the business acumen but I think for me watching 12 years of growth and development it's really her people skills that are really phenomenal how how you are able to build a team that is 100% remote that runs a company but also interacts in a way with the clinics where there's little to no friction. Like they all just get along and like love each other and like respect each other. And like, there's no drama and it's just, it's really remarkable. And it's a testament to your leadership skills, Kat. And I'm just very happy that you're doing that job. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because, you know, I used to probably have a lot of tolerance for that, but I, and I tell my my operations manager, I've got a I've got a gentleman just like Cat. Paul, yeah, Paul. And you know that's been the biggest learning experience because he came really without the educational background. He jumped in actually as a customer support tech in IT, and he was there at the right moment in time when we started when I bought the company. We started changing things, and uh, so he saw that evolution and just was smart. Captured it, but he's got great people skills. But he, he will say, when I ask him, What is the hardest thing I've put you through in the last six years uh, since I put you into that management role? And it was learning to manage people, learning to deal with people's problems. And, and, you know, I when we're in person, one of the things that I do every day, Jay, is I, in the mornings when I get there, I go and stop shake everybody's hand and I spend three or four minutes with every employee and not about business. I ask about their family. I try to remember their family's names. I get involved. I know birthdays yeah. and those kind of things. And it's it a matters. human connection. But I also have learned over the many years that I've been doing business, if a person has a problem at home, typically this is not going to be a good day at the office for them. It's just because personal problems... Even if you don't want to get carried over into your personality and when in like our call center, you're on the phone eight hours a day, it makes a difference. And you have to train those people not to take the calls personally because it's not about you personally. It's got nothing. Don't absorb that. Just be yep. a good human being. Answer just like you were on the other side of the phone and you want your problem solved. And, and if you yep. do that, you did a great job. So. I'm, I'm
2: curious to know Kat's answer to the question, like over the last 12 years, what's the, what's the hardest thing that you've been through?
0: I knew you were going to do that. I knew it when you said, is I'm it? like, Jay is totally going to ask me this question. <laughs> um, what's the hardest thing I've ever been through? Um, I mean, there's definitely been lots of ups and downs, lots of challenges. Sometimes those can be hard and, and frustrating or whatever you want to call them. You can spin that in however your mindset is, but, um, I think it does have to do with managing people and figuring out how to I mean the absolute hardest thing is obviously terminating someone. That has always been extremely difficult um and That's I right. can tell you I've still not figured out what the correct way to do that from 3000 miles away is. That is definitely very very difficult.
1: Yep. It might um, be it might be easier, Kat.
0: Okay. It's not. It's really not because you you there's something about being in person where you can express that level of empathy, even when having that difficult conversation, that is more challenging when you can't be in person. You absolutely need to use video. Don't ever terminate someone over the phone. Um, that did not go well if we have done that once. But, um, you know, it, it that was probably the most difficult thing for me because I, I also have a lot. When I took the strengths finder test by Gallup my number one thing by a mile is empathy so I just have that thing where I feel everybody else's feelings and um you know that's that's probably the toughest thing for me is finding that balance between feeling everyone's feelings and really caring about them and that's extremely important with remote teams like you said when you're in person you try to have a quick four minute conversation with each person If you're going to do a remote team, you got to do the same thing. You can't, you're not going to be in person. So you have to figure out how to do that as well. So making sure that you have regular, I I pretty much talk to every single person on my team every single day. I don't go days without talking to them. And I have weekly video chats with them. And we spend the first, you know, five or 10 minutes of that call, just talking about what's personally going on. We have group text chains. So we talk to each other off. Um, So building that culture within your team, is has been difficult but fun. So I would say probably that. Um and one of the cool like just little things you can throw in there too like we do a thing where on teams whoever's the first person who's scheduled to go to lunch has to pick a gif of something some whatever of someone eating it could be like the smurfs or you know from like a show from the 80s or whatever and they post it and everyone else has to match the theme with the gift that they're going to post when they go to lunch. So Love we it. have to
1: That's pretty interesting. follow along. Hey, Love I it. do want to get back in our next segment. Uh, I know we're going to try to reach into more personal side of you, but I do want to start out by going back and talking about how you changed that front end to sort of a, um, a switch to where you don't truly have a front end reception. I think that'll be something docs might be interested in. And yeah. then, then the overall concept of how, How COVID is changing the environment. Will we ever go back to to being the way that it was and uh, how that's going to do? So we're going to take a break. We will be back shortly. Kat, for you. Today's guest is Miss Kat Lovejoy. She is the general office manager for Kaizenovate, TikTok is heard on Anchor FM and many other internet radio stations around the globe. Thank you for joining us. This episode is sponsored by Infinity. In the modern age of electronic data interchange, Infinity is committed to helping clinicians get paid fast so that they can spend less time tracking claims and more time with their patients. As a pro advocate for the healthcare industry, we create tools that make sense for electronic claims processing and business analytics. You couple that with superior support team, we strive to ensure your business is performing at its best. Infinity, committed to the future of claim processing. This is number one data dock. Come on. And the data doc of dock is data talk is tech Talk. tell you about and we're back. TikTok. tock. Broadcast. Doctor Jay Greenstein. One What's of the up, best Brad? Guys, one of the best guys I know. Jay. Uh, again, I love learning about your business. I think um, I think you've done some. I've listened to you talk about these things. You've, over the years, as we our relationship's grown, you've talked about how you're using Gallup and some of the polls and the testing. I've actually heard the story about your interviews um, and how you do that. It's great to hear it from one of your employees. The other side, yeah. yeah the other side of it, I, I I would hope that I've got employees that would say and talk the same way about me. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I, uh, you know, we've been real. We have not had knock on wood too. We've not had very much changeover, and I think that's partly because uh, COVID has really bonded us together in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And, and Kat, we use Teams on that side, the programmatic technology side, because they are connected in a in a different way than customer service support is, and they they like Teams because I think of the messaging and the way that they connect, even during uh, a Teams video conference that's going on. So I think that's that's a, a pretty viable software system for companies like ours that are doing development and uh, and those kind of aspects. I want to walk back to something that you mentioned earlier about how you changed out uh, at at a point in time where you were trying to make everybody profitable within your organization, and one of the things is that you did away with the front desk. That seems probably like a really radical idea, and yep. um, and explain what again? Repeat what made you what made you guys try that? And was it an immediate success? Were there a few failures? How did you tweak it? Because I believe some of our providers in our audience would love to hear that story.
0: Yeah. Um, so it was something we had talked about for a while, and we we had kind of uh, tossed around a couple of different ideas that we tried, which was cross-training everybody who worked at the front desk. So they were also um, able to do clinical assistance in the chiropractic assistant realm, and that was, I don't know, sort of a sometimes a success and sometimes not so much of a success. Um, and didn't seem to pan out well because we really kept having this issue of, of that role just being very challenging, that front desk role. We were asking, we asked a lot of people in that role. And because of, um, I mean, I always talked about during recruiting, there were sort of two types of people that we would get. We'd get people that were sort of fresh out of school or new and they were trying to break into the healthcare world, break into chiropractic, break into physical therapy, and they wanted some experience working at the clinics. And they could pick it up pretty fast. They maybe lacked some maturity, needed a little help with customer service, Um, but they could pick it up really quickly and kind of get all the technology and everything that we were doing. Problem was they wouldn't usually stay in that role very long. So we'd have that problem other people I like to call them lifers which they're very nice great at front you know great with customer service mature but what our company demanded at the front desk or what we needed done at the front desk just they couldn't quite get there because there was a lot of technology a lot of innovation a lot of quick learning um, and it just really didn't fit well so then we'd have issues there so just that turnover and the constant churning of needing to train people was sort of the trigger. One of the triggers for me and wanting, um, uh, you know, our staff in the clinics to to produce revenue. That's you know part of what makes the the company successful and be able to help the patients as much as possible. Put as many people in the clinic that can help the patients with their conditions. So that was sort of this decision making from my viewpoint. I don't know if Jay would. Yeah, agree, no, I t- but, I totally agree. Yeah. Um. So it was something we were always discussing, how can we make this happen? We were kind of like bouncing around ideas at the beginning of 2020. We were putting, maybe gonna look for like office managers that we could bring in and then COVID happened and we had to make some abrupt staffing changes. Um, And it became apparent that, you know, we could pull the front desk people out of the clinics and the clinics could still run at that limited capacity that was required by the mandate. Um, and as we saw that kind of working and my team was able to handle a lot of the administrative stuff that that front desk person used to do, whether it was calling patients, scheduling them, answering the phone, I rekeyed the phone trees so all the phones rang to my team rather than the clinics. Um, it sort of just started the, 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 what is it, like the gear started clicking, things, things, the puzzle pieces fit together, it started to make sense. Um, so we just kind of leaned into it and went fully that way. Um, and I think it's been just in the turnover rate, the the front desk collections, because you have experts who are so good at these things that have been here for years and understand the company and understand how everything works in charge of it. And they're essentially just sending a little message over to team in the clinic and saying hey when this person is there get this piece of paperwork or have or collect 20 dollars or whatever it is and we you know made all the patients put their credit cards on file and the other key that i want to say is really important is automation look for as many possibilities as you can find to automate your processes and if you can do that it's it's a breeze you really just Don't need somebody at the front. You can train your staff that's there in customer service. They can know how to do the simple things like scheduling, rescheduling, um, and all that. Were there challenges with it? Was it perfect? No. There was lots of training and retraining and making sure that I was listening and we were listening to the staff in the offices and what challenges they were facing because they had to manage both whatever was going on administratively with those minimal tasks as well as clinically with the, with the patients. But as we evolved it, and again, COVID was a blessing in disguise because we didn't have as many patients to deal with. So we kind of got to test it out on a, in a, in a sandbox. Um, I think it's come a long way and now it's pretty, pretty seamless. Mostly. Yeah, so did
1: you, did you move all your records that maybe were paper to electronics so you can exchange oh, information? We haven't had paper in front years, years ago, years
0: ago. Yeah. 2010, I was there for the big uh, move Switch from over. from paper. Yeah,
1: I would suspect, wouldn't you, Jay? That most most doctors' offices still have a big paper trail for the I mean, it that that's something. Some jump. I mean, if they're we're still fighting them about moving to electronic claims, I would think that there probably some docs that are still struggling with that. Honestly, we still have because we have tens maybe hundreds of thousands of paper agreements and things we're getting this year getting ready to uh instead of going back and scanning all those documentation we're literally going to renew fresh and store all of our mutual agreements all our baa's and everything um with electronic digital signature on yeah like a docu sign right yeah, like it's so exactly. simple yeah exactly yeah been uh, doing
0: that for a long time <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, But you know, we have an entire room that's a file room, just yeah. like in an office, a chart room. It's all in and, and you know, we've had people come in and bid scanning all of it. And then the problem back then was, you know, how do you categorize that? And it just, we just finally made the decision. I made the decision. Yeah, we're going to start from new, but, um, what about personnel records as the office manager, employee records? Do you keep those where you're located in Denver under lock and key or, or um, do you keep that electronically under? Encryption? Mine are all
0: digital, man. I am. Jay will tell you, I am. The only thing I keep on paper are to-do lists. Yeah. I have a very, I have like a weird, crazy obsession with checklists and to-do lists. So yeah. the only thing I have on paper next to me is I have a to-do list. That's and then great. everything else I have is in the computer. I oh, don't No, you
2: consolidate it on one sheet. I got to give you more shit to do. What's going on? It's only <laughs> um, one
0: page. That was page 1. Wow. This yeah. is page 2. Damn cat. Page, page 2. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, I mean everything else I I'm I'm all for storing it digitally. So our all of our employee records ever since I've kind of been doing HR, it has all been digital. We have um, a digital HR company that we work with. And yeah. so all of our patient files are there and anything older than that, I have a, files. an actual
2: employee files. Employee
0: yeah. file. sorry, employee files, not yeah. patient files. I have a, a, a OneDrive called employee files. Right. And so when people get hired, I forward yeah. all of their paperwork into that and it's in there.
1: I'm Find sort it. of the same way. This is one day's <laughs> worth of notes you know sitting on zoom calls in in conferences and i take a lot of written notes i try to get those into electronic at the end of the day but
2: that would make me nuts
1: i know it i mean i I I mean i got
2: my outlook task list i just type it in a task list done i know you do but but kat you 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 mentioned something that i think is also really important for the audience um i mean you mentioned automation very very important but also the idea that the outsourcing piece is really important like we outsource our EHR and our billing to Genesis. We outsource yep. our claims clearinghouse to Brad. Yep. <laughs> we outsource our RHR to empower. Like these elements have also been very good for our business infrastructure because we yep. let the experts do what they're great at. So we only have to control for the things that are most important in delivering Clinical quality and driving profitability. So, yep. I think it's just a really important element that I think most chiropractors need to be thinking more about is the outsourcing piece. So, what are your thoughts about that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Find those things that are that are creating cost unnecessarily, and realize that you can you can find a whole group of people outside um, that are experts at it. That you can bring on that you don't have to manage as an employee. Right. So it's I, I my title is integrated operations because I have to integrate all of those outsource people. And I definitely am a point of contact for a lot of that. But, you know, that that was a game changer when we found and listen, we made mistakes. We had brought on a couple of outsource companies that turned out to not work for us as well. And then we have we, one
2: right now that we're going to be Fire, firing very shortly.
0: They don't know who they are. And then we changed, and then we changed, and and switched gears, and learned from that experience, and found something else. And that's that's about adaptability, right? I learned from that experience. Sure. I grow. I adapt to the situation. I find. I realize what I like, what I don't like, and then I go somewhere else. Um, so yeah, that's been huge. And then also finding they're not really outsourcing, but vendors like our phone system. I did a lot of shopping for our voice over IP phone system and a lot of talking to different reps and, and different avenues to get the best price for the best fit for our company. So I encourage you, I know it's always, it's always like, oh, we need a phone system, we gotta pick one today. You need to take some time and look at the different options, meet with everybody, get the best proposals, haggle with them a little bit that's my new york coming out and then you know get the best <laughs> the best company that matches your needs and it's not going to be the same for everyone
2: that's so. great advice kat great advice that is great advice we we might
1: even make a whole episode on on those um those types of services that are that yeah. are outsourced that'd yeah, be great it's a great idea Maybe invite, Love that idea. A, about, invite a couple of vendors to be on that show to talk it's about it's a them. great idea so, Kat, let's, we're counting down here to the end, so let's get and move into the personal. Now, Jay knows you a whole lot better, so I'm going to start out with a question that Jay posed a couple of weeks ago about superpowers. So oh. if you could have instantly a superpower or a, be a superperson, who would it be and why?
0: Well, superperson is different than superpower. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, a, a,
1: a person with superpowers. Which one would it be, Batgirl? If I could have a superpower,
0: uh, it would probably be teleportation. Because, as much as I like to travel and be places, the actual action of like I'm about to take a vacation and I am riddled with anxiety for the entire (laughs) two weeks, and it's just multiplied by COVID. But um, I just don't like the process of like packing and airports and like all that, which is funny because my husband is an airline mechanic, but um it would be i would like to be able to just kind of poof and then be there poof, i appear somewhere else yes so Kat, this, where
2: are you going hold on Every, the audience wants to know where are you going for your vacation
0: i am returning to hawaii where oh. i had to escape from exactly one year ago That's when great. everything shut down due to covid i had to cut my trip short by eight days and hop on a plane and come back
1: so is this your first trip under covid uh Plane and everything. Technically,
0: my first trip under COVID was like in March last year when it was really hitting the fan, um, which was very interesting. I was one of the only people on the plane wearing a mask because if you don't remember at the time, they were telling people not to wear them. So um, I had a mask on because my mother and I are both borderline hypochondriacs. So we carry things <laughs> like those things are stored in our like emergency basement in case of, you know, outbreaks of whatever. Um, so I had I had an N95 mask that was already open, so I couldn't donate it anywhere, so I didn't feel too bad about wearing it. Um, so I wore that and was full hazmated, like not one inch of skin was showing on this plane. But yeah. I'm sitting next to my husband, who's in shorts and a tank top and flip-flops, no mask, and <laughs> does not <laughs> care. Um,
2: Dustin. Yeah. So, you were, so that
0: was my first So you were
1: in Hawaii job. when that all hit? Did you cut that vacation yep. short and come home? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Yeah. Eight days. We called
0: it. We called it escape from Hawaii, and we had to uh, change our flight and cancel all the places we were staying and come back because they basically said we don't tourists shouldn't be here now.
1: I just had a good friend just return from Hawaii and their family, young family, and they had a great time just last week. Yeah. And so
0: they're doing a really good job. I mean, we have to get a negative COVID test, which we're scheduled to get tomorrow. So again, Hawaii adapting. That's what it's all about. You adapt. You figure out a way to make what you need to happen work with the current situation, the cards you're dealt that you don't have control over.
1: So I understand that Jay is going to give you a big travel bonus uh, oh, for your yes. trip to pay for all the incidentals along the way and uh,
2: She's just got she got the company credit card she could just spend whatever there she you, wants. Go. See, you, got, got you got. See uh, she's already got the approval cat. Just write this off as a business trip.
0: No, but once uh, the two times ago when I went to Hawaii, this will be our fourth time going. Um, it was my te- around my ten-year anniversary at the company, and um, as a kind of a reward or a bonus for that, which I think is really cool and really important, I was given a helicopter ride, a private helicopter tour of the island that we were on, and one of the, probably the coolest thing I've ever done. So, so, so which I have island, Jay to thank for that.
1: Which island are you going to?
0: This time we're going to Maui, which yeah. is our, our favorite. Uh, that time was Kauai, which has a really cool coastline oh that you can only see by helicopter or boat.
1: My wife and I went to a men's uh, college, Oklahoma State University, men's basketball basketball in Maui. Yep. Uh, we played Illinois, I believe. And yeah. uh, we spent Thanksgiving lunch uh-huh. sitting on the beach outside of the hamburger place. I can't. Some popular hamburger place we ate our Thanksgiving lunch as a cheeseburger on the beach. Uh, I doubt she did. She's a vegetarian, but we sit on the beach. i tell you <laughs> what, it was, it was pretty special time. And Maui is an, is small enough, you know, that you still get that small Island. And it, what I thought was funny, they rent cars there by the hour because it's only a couple hour trip all the way around the Island. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's a great, you'll have a great time there. A great
2: time. And and yeah, hold on. So Kat, what are you doing with Kona? So Kona is to ter- Awesome puppy. What are you doing with Kona?
0: Uh, Kona, my 11 year old crotchety dog, he's a little bit grumpy these days, but he is staying with my parents who are now fully vaccinated. Um, so they are hanging on to him for that week and they'll spoil him rotten. as Of course. Usual.
1: That's good. Yeah. That's what awesome. grand dog should I love
2: do. It. All right, Jay, what you get a personal question I'm
1: sure for.
0: Oh boy.
2: All right, cat. Um, let me see. I can't believe I didn't prepare for this. This is, this is bad planning. Um, Okay, if you... Okay, I got it. Ready? Mm. If you won the lottery oh. for $100 million, what's the first thing you would buy?
0: Oh, the first thing I would buy... So funny as you get older how these things change in your mind. When I was younger, it probably would have been like, oh, a car or a trip or something like that. Um, I would probably do something responsible, like buy a house outright, So that I don't have debt. Um, But my first kind of fun, frivolous purchase, it would probably be a trip. I mean, as much as I don't like the act of traveling, just going and being places that are different and experiencing other cultures and food and all that. It just really, um, you know, fulfills me. So I I love doing that. So it would probably be a trip somewhere, maybe Peru. I've always really, really wanted to go to Peru. We wait on. Yeah, see. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well that's
2: the,
1: that's that's pretty cool i would love to go i would love to uh i think that's what i'm gonna take if us unlimit- she went, she's gonna take us i would have right unlimited when
0: energy. i win the lottery yeah you can come with me
2: yeah cool
1: that would be great that first be class great.
2: by the way private no private sure. jet
0: private, private jet. jet yeah pj totally. We're Flying a PJ for sure <laughs> there we go
2: <laughs> so Kat, what uh
1: what part of denver denver's a great place right are you do you live um, in denver or outside of denver
0: I live about 20 minutes north of Denver in the suburbs. Yeah. Um, I went to CU Boulder, so I've lived in Boulder for I've lived in Boulder for about eight years. And then, um, yeah, we live in in the burbs. My family actually all lived here before I lived here, and they all live less yeah. than five minutes away from me now, which is kind of weird, weird. But um, Denver's great. Yeah, if you love, you know, aside from the two feet of snow that we just got two days ago,
2: yeah.
0: um, you know, or five yeah. days ago when this comes out but um aside from that we have amazing weather we have like 300 days of sunshine a year we have craft breweries we have lots of outdoor activities to do i'm not a big camper but if you're into that like you can go and do it but i don't care Wait, um
2: pot is legal and don't pot is that. legal
0: but that's i mean that's happening everywhere that's so happening it's everywhere. Not, i actually that's not lived
1: happening. i actually lived in denver for almost a year i lived yeah. back in that time the cherry hills area was where i lived and oh, fancy. Uh, what's that Main Street uh, that goes through Denver? <laughs> there were still burlesque Spear? houses. Yeah, there were still burlesque houses in oh, yeah. downtown Denver, Denver at the time. Yeah, it Is, was. What a, are you?
2: What are you, we born in the 1800s? Burlesque? <laughs> oh, come on, man. It wasn't that. And uh, I, about. they're called strip, strip clubs. <laughs> right? I actually
1: dated oh, a girl whose mother was a VP at Coors. And so we, we, we spent time up at the brewery a lot and we would, we would get those behind the scene. Uh,
0: Mm You know,
1: the Coors family still has their family homestead behind the brewery, which is just an amazing place. And uh, we would slip in when I was headed back to Oklahoma, we would slip in at night and take fresh beer as it was being packaged on the line. <laughs> and they had those they had those drag. like baby beers they called them. They they were like
0: There's
2: those cases.
0: <laughs> there was a whole scandal and it was brown. Was there, it was a whole pallet
2: of beer that just vanished. <laughs> disappeared. Damaged. But um I loved
1: living there. It's totally changed. I mean Denver yeah. is it's very frustrating Exploded. now to drive and get around in Denver. I know the If new, you know the, what you're
0: doing, it's fine, but yeah. it's it's exploded. And I mean, compared to D.C., I'm sorry, but I will take the traffic here any day it, of over course. the D.C. traffic.
1: But I love the diversity that's, that's yeah. occurred there, and I'm sure you're a snow skier.
0: I uh, grew up skiing, and then I became a snowboarder, so I'm, I'm both yeah. I'm dual threat.
1: Well, no. I'm sorry for that. All right. Most <laughs> borders, most borders, I want to throw off the mountain. I've chased one or two down <laughs> and threatened polite. to do that. Son, if you go by me like that again, I'm going to catch you and throw you off the side of the mountain, kind of a thing. I'm
0: a, I'm a carver. I like to, you yeah. know, I, I don't, I'm not one of those speed demons that just goes straight and. Oh, yeah,
1: they're horrible. I'm a carver yeah. too, but I am not a border. My knees, I, it was way too old before I could learn to board. My knees can't take that. Jay. We've we've come, to, we've come to the end of, of what? time, buddy.
2: Yeah, this went it, too fast. It, what are you talking went, about?
1: It went way too fast, didn't it? But, Damn. Yeah.
0: We'll have to but, do it again.
1: We'll have yeah. to do that again. There we go, Cat. <laughs> thank you for joining us today, Jay. Thank you for thank you. connecting her and uh, making that happen. Yeah. Uh, thank it, you, Kat. I know you're super busy. So I appreciate you taking the time to do it. Yeah. Of course. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, and we look forward to hearing your future adventures of Dr. Jay Greenstein in the office. <laughs> Jay, thank you very much. Kat, thank Thanks, you Thanks, brother. From Dr. Jay Greenstein, I'm Brad Cost. Have a good day.
2: Goodbye, y'all.
1: Today's show is sponsored by our friends at the Florida Chiropractic Association. Join Dr. Jay and myself at their upcoming Northeast Regional Convention and Expo in St. Augustine, Florida, on March the 25th through the 28th. The Florida Chiropractic Association, a true leader in the profession, advocating for the benefits of
2: chiropractic and conservative care throughout America.